from Mamma Mia. Hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. When comedian Sasha Baron Cohen, better known for his characters Borat and Ali G, took to the stage at the Anti-Defamation League's International Leadership Awards late last year, he apologised for being in his least popular character, himself, before laying into the world's biggest social media platforms. This can't possibly be what the creators of the internet had in mind. I believe that it's time for a fundamental rethink of social media and how it spreads hate, conspiracies and lies. Today, we're going to look at what Sasha Baron Cohen is trying to achieve and whether a new campaign that has seen major brands pull their ads from Facebook will actually create the change they're hoping for. Sasha Baron Cohen is one of those comedians who divides the audience. On the one hand, he makes no apologies for some of his humour being pretty juvenile and even puerile. But on the other, it has also exposed an ugly truth about our community, that people can be easily hateful, homophobic, racist and violent. It was exposed again recently when Baron Cohen reportedly pranked a right-wing rally near the Washington state capitol, leading the crowd in a racist sing-along that referenced Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton and Anthony Fauci, calling the COVID-19 coronavirus the Wuhan flu. Event organisers tried to unplug the microphone and even turn off the power, and they did eventually, but not before many of them were caught on camera singing along, exposing their readiness to engage in racist behaviour. But now the comedian has stepped out of the costumes of his characters to turn his attention to the people he believes are enabling hate speech to spread further and wider than ever before. The so-called Silicon Six. Those who own and run platforms like Facebook, Twitter and Google, saying it is these people who are putting profits before making sure their own companies aren't a vehicle for spreading untruths, hate speech and conspiracy. This is madness. To quote Edward R. Murrow, One cannot accept that there are, on every story, two equal and logical sides to an argument. We have, unfortunately, millions of pieces of evidence for the Holocaust. It is an historical fact. And denying it is not some random opinion. Those who deny the Holocaust aim to encourage another one. If you pay them, Facebook will run any political ad you want, even if it's a lie. And they'll even help you micro-target those lies to their users for maximum effect. Under this twisted logic, if Facebook were around in the 1930s, it would have allowed Hitler to post 30-second ads on his solution to the Jewish problem. It is Mark Zuckerberg's stance on the Holocaust denial that denying it happened can be a valid opinion, and Facebook's inaction on stopping hate speech in situations like the genocide in Myanmar, where anti-Muslim posts credited to the Myanmar military over five years contributed to the volume of hate towards the minority Rohingya Muslim population, inciting murders and rapes and the largest forced human migration in recent history, that Facebook's need for instant posting and the constant stream of information to keep engagement levels high is also what allowed an Australian man to broadcast live as he shot and killed more than 50 people in mosques in Christchurch that has led to the Stop the Hate for Profit campaign. 
The Anti-Defamation League, working with Sasha Baron Cohen, have gone from treating Facebook as a partner in trying to stop hate speech, conspiracies and lies online, to treating them like the enemy, an enemy you can bring down with the almighty dollar. Daniel Van Boom is the news editor at CNET. Daniel, can you bring us up to speed on the campaign to hit Facebook in their hip pocket? Are companies actually getting on board? They sure are. Up to 500 are doing so at the moment, which is up 100 from yesterday. So it's gaining traction. Essentially, it didn't really come out of the blue. Throughout most of June, the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, and the NAACP were kind of lobbying companies to stop advertising on Facebook for the month of July. And as of July, they sure have done that. It started off with about 100. There were some big names like Unilever, Nike, HP, Starbucks, and it's kind of grown exponentially to where just a few days into July, there are already 500 companies that have stopped advertising on Facebook. How much of Facebook's revenue is ad stream? Most of it. I can't recall the percentage off the top of my head, but I do know last year it made $70 billion from advertising. The problem with this campaign is most of Facebook's ad revenue comes from small and medium businesses, not the big ones. So according to CNN, the top 100 advertisers on Facebook generate about 6% of Facebook's revenue. So it's actually an unusual situation where the big buyers actually are a small part of the pie. And obviously, the small mom and pop shop or the boutique shop, that group can't really afford to not advertise on Facebook in the way that the big companies can. I would also say that a lot of these companies were intending to cut their advertising investments for the year anyway, with the coronavirus situation going on. So for instance, Starbucks, which is one of the main companies that have joined the boycott, in the period from March to July last year, they spent $29 million on Facebook advertising. In the period from March to July this year, they spent $11 million. So they had already cut it by a third. And so now I think part of it is companies going, hey, we were going to cut our advertising budget by half, 60% anyway. Here's a chance for us to get publicity and cut it by 100%, maybe we should just do that. So I am dubious on how much of an effect this will have on Facebook in the long run. So do you think we'll even notice this boycott on our personal Facebook pages? Not really. A lot of what you get advertised at on Facebook depends on your search history. So a lot of it will depend on what you're searching and if that corresponds to what the boycotting advertisers are selling. The other thing I would note is that it'll take users flooding from the platform to really make that difference because Facebook has 2 billion users. Even if you were searching for laptops and now you won't get a HP laptop, with 2 billion users on the site, there are going to be a bunch of other laptop makers who are going to be very eager to buy up advertising, especially if it's at a discounted rate now that other advertisers have boycotted the platform. So really, I don't think there will be a material difference to what you notice. In addition to, I don't really think Facebook will be making many of the changes that the Stop Hate for Profit campaign is kind of campaigning for. Why now and why not others? Why have they targeted Facebook? I think a lot of it has to do with the Black Lives Matter protests that are happening at the moment. So obviously there's a newfound scrutiny on companies that do or do not uphold civil rights or do their best to forward equal treatment of all people and who harbour communities that are hateful and abusive towards minority communities. I think the reason why Facebook gets most of the scrutiny is, A, it's by far the biggest company. B, it kind of has done the most to be neutral on this issue. So like I said, Twitter has, over the past few months, implemented labels that denote, hey, this could be fake news, which, as we all know, has not gone over super well with a certain leader of the free world. 
Reddit in the past week has banned a bunch of subreddits, including the Donald, which was ostensibly a President Trump support group, but really a much more insidious situation. Twitch, which is owned by Amazon, it's mostly a gaming streamer, but they also they do live streams of all varieties. They took down a few Trump rallies from their platform because they were perceived to be hateful. So these other companies, in addition to being smaller than Facebook, uh, have kind of been more flexible than Facebook to make these changes, whereas Facebook has always tried as hard as it can be to be neutral and kind of laissez-faire as it pertains to these issues adjacent to free speech. The other thing is the obvious that Facebook kind of has a bad reputation with the Cambridge Analytica scandal where millions and millions of people's data got breached. And so I think it's a confluence of the Black Lives Matter protests making civil rights a bigger issue again, putting it in the spotlight. Facebook being the biggest platform, the most successful, the most lucrative, having a bad reputation and it also traditionally being a little less flexible than the other platforms. The aim of internet companies like Facebook, Google, YouTube and others is to keep their audience engaged. And they do this with algorithms that specifically target your interest areas, whether they're factual or not. The truth is these companies won't fundamentally change because their entire business model relies on generating more engagement and nothing generates more engagement than lies, fear and outrage. Those in charge of these companies don't want to see new laws brought in to regulate what can be shared. Sasha Baron-Cohen hitting back at the arguments against it in his Anti-Discrimination League speech, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg saying it challenges your right to choice. This is not about limiting anyone's free speech. This is about giving people, including some of the most reprehensible people on earth, the biggest platform in history to reach a third of the planet. Freedom of speech is not freedom of reach. Sadly, there will always be racist, misogynists, anti-Semites and child abusers. But I think we can all agree that we should not be giving bigots and paedophiles a free platform to amplify their views and target their victims. That it will pull back on free expression. We're not asking these companies to determine the boundaries of free speech across society. We just want them to be responsible on their platforms. Now, if a neo-Nazi comes goose-stepping into a restaurant and starts threatening other customers and saying he wants to kill Jews, would the owner of the restaurant, a private business, be required to serve him an elegant eight-course meal? Of course not. The restaurant owner has every legal right and indeed, I would argue, a moral obligation to kick that Nazi out. And so do these internet companies. That it would be like forcing people to live like those in repressive societies. This is ideological imperialism. Six unelected individuals in Silicon Valley imposing their vision on the rest of the world, unaccountable to any government and acting like they're above the reach of law. And that it's not up to them to draw the line. Drawing the line can be difficult. But here's what he's really saying. Removing more of these lies and conspiracies is just too expensive. So the Anti-Discrimination League are calling for changes to social media to ensure they're just as accountable for the things they allow to be expressed on their platforms as someone who publishes a newspaper or broadcasts on television or radio stations. But Daniel, how exactly are they going to do that? What are they asking for? They put out kind of like a 10-point plan. I don't think it's 10, but a dozen or so points. And a lot of them are kind of variations of the same point, which is that Facebook needs to get better at moderating its content. So 
a lot of hate speech and misogyny and trolling. Really awful, abusive things happen on Facebook. And the campaign is seeking for Facebook to get tougher on that. A lot of the other stuff is they want Facebook to be more rigorous about its fact-checking of politicians. They want a chief executive to be hired with a civil rights background so they can essentially change Facebook from within as it pertains to its content moderation. And they want regular third-party audits on Facebook's behavior as it pertains to moderating and all the other aspects of its abusive communities. So the main demand is around content moderation. And beyond what Facebook already does with that, which is uses a bunch of AI to take down what it can see to be invidious and posts that are meant to harm, beyond what it already does, it's very difficult to go any further, both mechanically, technically and politically. If we don't introduce regulation to social media now, we may reach a stage in human history where we won't be able to sort the fact from the fiction, even with the gift of hindsight. It's why fake news outperforms real news, because studies show that lies spread faster than truth. That's all for The Quickie today. This episode was produced by Melanie Tate with audio production by Ian Camilleri.